The way you look at things, the things you look at change. What exists, reality itself, is gorgeous. It is the plenum, the fullness of total joy. The universe is a celebration. It's a firework show to celebrate that existence is. Wow, we. For those of us seeking a life of meaning and purpose, capturing fulfillment in every moment of now, seeking the truth of our reality so we can live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Hugh Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every day. Are you living party killing time? What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode. And in this one, we are going to jump back into the book Oneness. I apologize. It has been way too long since we've dove into this book. I'm realizing with all the great people I've been connecting with and the subjects have been bubbling up for me and everything has been going on, I completely forgot to dive back into the book. So we're going to get right into this one. If you haven't gotten your copy, head over to onenesswebsite.com. That's O-N-E-N-E-S-S-W-E-B-S-I-T-E.com. And get your copy of this book. She has brand new ones on there. The author, Rasha, was just gracious enough to give us the rights to read this amazing book. It's one of my favorites. Um, it's definitely, I've said this many times, and i said this pretty much every single time we go to read this book. It's kind of become like another version of a Bible, something to that effect where, you know, a person made a connection to a higher consciousness source. And I've had some of my religious friends uh, and, and people that I've connected with through the show uh, get very defensive when it comes to this book, saying that it's sacrilegious and that, you know, it's taking something else's word for something over, you know, a holy gospel or whatever. I don't see it that way. I'm, I'm someone who I would, I would consider myself to be an omnist and I view so many different views of religion in a way where, yes, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's everything. I think any way that anyone can connect to a greater power, higher consciousness, Whatever might be out there, I think taking all of it at its face value, just taking it all in and, and digesting it all and seeing how it resonates with you is what's important. And that's what makes every religion unique in and of its own and why each one deserves its own respect, no matter what you feel about them. And this is sort of a version of that. And this book is amazing. It's definitely changed my perspective on how I've looked at so many things in life, because um, unlike in a lot of religious texts that put people into a place of maybe a little bit of fear and control and put the hands of the higher connection in a source outside of them. This puts it back inside of them. And that was the original teachings of the Christian Bible. And it was a lot of what was taken out in that infamous uh, Council of Nicaea that I've mentioned many, many times. So this book, very powerful to me and uh, very, very appreciative to the author Rasha for giving us the rights of this book. And she has new copies on there. It's kind of where I was kind of going. She's got new copies on that website that I mentioned. And uh, nearly nearly new is how she classified it. Nearly new copies as well. Also, for the month of October of 2023, I'm going to be doing a little bit of a giveaway. So if you do anything to share the podcast, tag us wherever you're doing it at. I will keep an eye on... Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. But if you share any of the posts, um, please tag us or shoot me a screenshot of it. I will enter you into a drawing and I will send you a free copy of Oneness. You just have to pay for the shipping because if it's going all the way across the world, it could cost quite a penny, uh, pretty penny. So um, anybody who tags the podcast for the month of October 2023, I will get you a copy of this. I will also send you a private little message and a couple little things go along with it. So it won't just be the book. But um, do that. I will announce a winner in the very first week of November as well. So yeah, there it is. Um, great little contest and you'll get a nice little reward of this book in the process. And even if you don't win, then you'll have the reward of listening to this episode and, um, hopefully you can get your own copy of this and read along. Cause this has been one that I picked up years ago and it's traveled with me so many different places. It's almost time to buy a new version. Cause this one went on all my travels with me this summer and it's looking a little worse for wear than it ever has. So, um, yeah, this, this, uh, the last episode that we read 
talked a lot about the experiential uh, things that people go through in transmuting them and how they're valuable in your life. And in this book, it talks a lot about your experience and the reality that you perceive. Um, and it also talks a lot about dimensional aspects of reality. And we're starting to uncover all of those dimensional aspects of reality as we dive deeper and deeper into quantum physics and they do the experiments with the Large Hadron Collider that solidifies all of these things like this book is almost 30, well, it's over 30 years old now. Um, all of the, the concepts and things that they've been talking about for decades, sometimes centuries or millennia, they're now being confirmed with modern science. So when they talk about things like dimensional realities and stuff like that, people get lost and glazed over. But now we're starting to realize that, yes, there are layers of things that are beyond our comprehension that we've understood over the last, you know, throughout our entire lives. And now they're starting to come to light. So books like this that were ahead of the curve, it's now like, OK, well, what else were these things correct about? Right. So uh, it's a tantalizing prospect it's a tantalizing thought to think about how much of the stuff that's in this book and how much uh, how deep the truths might actually be and why it's so valuable to me. It's why this book is an amazing one. So, um, yeah, that last chapter, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen um, on the last episode. I believe we had this one back in May. I think it was episode 116. Um, but go back and check that one out. We read chapters three and four today. We're going to check out chapters five and six, both very short ones. Um, but we're going to start off with chapter five of oneness. So as Rasha starts out every one of these chapters, they have some pretty lengthy titles, covers all of the different aspects of what the chapter is about to talk about. Chapter five's title is Releasing the Cellular Imprinting of Your Experiential History, Peeling Back the Layers of Emotional Density that Have Been Dormant for Lifetimes, Navigating the Depths of Your Own Experiential Rites of Passage. The higher purpose to which you have directed the focus of your intent in these times has recognized that desire within you and has responded. The nature of that response is oftentimes not discernible until one is well invested in the process, and the evidence that heralds that profound shift in focus often stimulates symptoms that are more indicative of a setback than progress. It's essential that the peeling back of the layers of experiential history imprinted within your cellular structure be accomplished systematically and completely so that you're able to liberate yourself from the constraints of the themes that characterize this lifetime. Were this cellular imprinting to remain unreleased, the energy patterns would continue to trigger repetitions of situations calculated to stimulate dramatic emotional responses in areas where resolution and completion may have been achieved. It's in its entirety, to be anticipated that dramas and interactions transpire that bring into definition and absolute clarity the key emotional issues with which you have been working toward resolution in recent times. It is in your highest possible interests that you permit yourself the experience of these emotional responses when circumstances manifest them for you. In order that the corresponding patterns be eliminated from your energy field, by resisting the inclination to repress such responses when, on an intellectual level, one would believe oneself to have transcended such feelings, one is able to make this shift to a new level of consciousness, unencumbered by a lifetime of experiences that have reached completion. As the energies continue to accelerate, you can expect to experience profound levels of emotional response, as each life theme, like a chapter unto itself, in an ongoing saga, is permitted to culminate as vivid awareness, and simultaneously one can anticipate the feeling of being intellectually and emotionally uninvested in the outcome of such dramas. One experiences a sense of total detachment from the very situations that might have led one into battle previously. One feels indifferent to issues that might once have characterized one's entire personal history in this lifetime and one arrives at a state of being that, at last, appears to be free of the constraints of the past and is ready to begin anew. This is the process in which you are engaged in the present period, and this is the process of many with whom you interact daily. It is a footnote to these times, provided here as a reminder to you that the dramas into which you may have been drawn as either observer or participant may not need to be taken at face value. 
It is with an informed and elevated perspective toward the concept of emotional processing that you are best equipped to deal with it. The consideration you are able to extend to another being who is in the throes of transformational completion can impact the duration of that process and the role you play in it. It may well be that you've been cast in the role of trigger for the emotional release work in another being as engaged. And it may appear to you that the individual in question is overacting, overreacting to your prompts. Yet from that other person's perspective, your reactions are extreme aberrations of a movie that is worn thin from endless reruns. Both are correct. For differences in perspective characterize the perfection of this process and enable each participant to glean the appropriate insights inherent in the drama. Once this often painful period is completed, the horizon once again comes into view and one ceases to see oneself as lost in a momentum that seems devoid of direction. For the direction is within the depths of one's own cellular structure and the process of coming of combing through the depths for displaced fragments of one's consciousness is the way out of a lifetime that may have come to be imprisoned by them. Approach with gentleness and with compassion for the beings with whom you share experiences in this time frame. For each of you is performing to the very best of their abilities, playing out roles that have been preordained and not without a certain measure of discomfort all the way around. Know that it is the highest interests of all concerned that one is prepared to see the experience through to completion and not succumb to the temptation to exit the stage in a fanfare of self-righteousness. It is far too easy to see the flaws in the thinking and responses of another being than to see the same in oneself. Rest assured that your own performance is equally marred from the perspective of the beings with whom you co-create your end dramas and the tendency toward the necessity to appear right in the eyes of the onlookers only serves to undermine the objective of the interchange. Ultimately, you're able to perceive the overview of the drama. You're able to release the energy charge inherent in attachment to a conditioned perspective, and you're able to move forward in tandem with those whose differences were catalysts for the monumental shift that is the end result of the process. Once you've arrived at a place of balance with the energies in question, you'll be able to recognize in retrospect the significance of the scenarios that have surfaced for resolution. You will perceive instantly the sense of familiarity about the dramas that have unfolded and your recognition of the common theme being represented. Once the heat of the moment has passed, we'll continue to reinforce for you the identification of the patterns of experience that are presenting themselves to you for completion in these times. Each time you complete a poignant episode and the emotional release of the underlying energy charge has been achieved, you'll be able to see that it is yet another example of an experience that has happened over and over. You can expect the pattern to continue to repeat itself for some time to come as you bring to the surface and release the layers of vibration held within your energy field. Allow the episodes of great intensity to play out unimpeded for your judgment of the depth of your feelings could serve to inhibit the authenticity of your response. Should you permit your mind to get in the way, the objective here is not the objective here is not restraint, but rather release. Your most profound emotions are being triggered internally, not for the purpose of reinforcing your proficiency in representing them, but with the objective of stimulating a profound reaction. In this way, you can begin to anticipate categories of interaction you are likely to experience. Yet recognition of the underlying theme being represented does not eliminate the need for experiential episodes to continue to manifest, for it is the repeated stimulation of the feeling body that the vibrational release is achieved. Your mentalized tracking of the journey is merely a fascinating footnote for you of the actual work being undertaken here. For your cognitive grasp of the process is far less significant than the manifestation of the emotion your circumstances are stimulating. You can expect familiar episodes of dramas on key themes in your life to intensify as you delve deeper into the process of release. The manifestation of situations that are even more intense than before does not include that you've failed 
to release the emotional charge or grasp its significance. The escalating intensity of your life experience in this phase of your journey indicates a progression in the release work being undertaken. The more significant levels of this work cannot be approached before certain perspectatory, preparatory experiences are allowed to transpire and to be processed. This aspect of the journey is a product of peeling back layers of experiential density to reveal levels of intensity that lay dormant for often lifetimes. As you begin to piece together your core understandings of the categories of experience you are resolving, you will have the sense of the, time, of, of the timelessness of some of these themes. Profound levels of pain, grief, hurt, disappointment, and other reactions to the cataclysmic events in your cellular history now have the opportunity to be revealed to you through the vehicle of your emotions. When you encounter a depth of emotional intensity that is disproportionate to the incident at hand, know that it is entirely possible that you've arrived at the point where past life energetic patterning is able to surface and be released. It is not necessary for you to know or to understand the significance of the details of these dramas that are being acted out by other levels of your own consciousness. What is needed on your part is your willingness to be present in the authenticity of your reactions to the extreme levels of feelings prompted by catalysts in this life drama. And be less concerned with whether or not your reactions are out of character or out of proportion to the instances in question. You will come to understand in the fullness of time the necessity to go out through the depths of your feeling body with the objective of coming face to face with the vibrational evidence of your complete personal history. All elements must be brought into balance in the fullness of this stage of your journey in order for you to be ready to approach the deeper levels of this process. The significance, for this, the significance of this part of your transformational work is not to be underestimated, for it will not be possible for you to move forward and ascend to the higher levels of perception that are possible for you with retained levels of emotional density. These times are about tuning in fully to the vibrational history imprinted within you and allowing yourself and the others in your inner circle the grace of experiencing, of expressing fully what is represented here. You can anticipate being taken to the heights and to the depths of your feeling body's capacity to attune you to subtle levels of perception and response. Your vibrational structure is being recalibrated to the higher frequencies so that you can withstand the intensity of new levels without succumbing to the backlash of unreleased residual density. Your awareness of the reality of these changes and your willingness to allow yourself to flow with the pace of this process will ease for you the trials of this transformational period. You will be guided from within at levels beyond your conscious awareness to navigate the depths of some of these experiential rites of passage. The keywords here are trust and surrender. Your willingness to relinquish the need to control and direct your transformational journey will ease for you some of the roughest terrain. Trust that there are levels of consciousness within you that understand precisely what is happening and why it is necessary that you be subjected to this period of upheaval. Your own inner trust demonstrated at the times when your feelings defy your logic mind will help you complete the experiences with ease and to accomplish the objective in drawing them to you. Know that you are most decidedly on track despite the sense that in life as you know it often seems to be derailed. For radical change is the order of the day in these times and this level of change is experienced by everyone and everything in your physical world. Life was never meant to be the straight and narrow road you were taught to envision. This lifetime was pre-programmed with a rich itinerary of convoluted detours to the destination toward which you travel. It is the deviation from what you may have expected that makes this journey fascinating and rewarding in the ways that really matter. You will look back upon this time of intensity and upheaval with a rarefied perspective that is only possible in retrospect. For by that time, you'll be able to integrate new levels of perception into your understanding of what really happened to you in these times and why. And although that depth of clarity may elude you for some time to come, you can anticipate a time when the dust will have settled. And in the peace of that time of resting, you will have embraced a new direction and a new level of focus that would not have been possible had you not been traversed had you not traversed the rocky patches of these times. 
Many are traveling by your side whose experience may or may not parallel your own. And it is best to resist the inclination to judge your own process or that of others. For each of you is engaged in the perfection of his own personal journey to oneness. And each is contending with an individualized program of experiences calculated to bring you into fullness of your capacity for the transcendence of this level of reality. None of you has the same burden to bear in terms of the levels of density brought forth into this incarnation. And none has been afforded a shortcut that would eliminate the need to detoxify your energy field of all that it carries on every possible level. Each of you is engaged in the process of cellular purification on physical and non-physical levels that will enable you to rise to the fullness of your capacity for humanness in this physical form. And each of you is realizing that potential according to your own timetable and in your own way. Allow the brothers and sisters who journey by your side the grace to experience their experiences as they see fit and resist the inclination to attempt to direct the process of others according to the understandings you may have realized along your own path. You're here for your journey alone. And even though you've been provided the comfort of much camaraderie along the way, each of you is in actuality flying solo in quote moments of truth. You will quote touch down in this reality repeatedly along the way as a reference point. And there will be the familiar landscape of fellow beings and circumstances to give you the journey def definition. Yet, in essence, you are making the pilgrimage on your own. You are often bouncing between realities without even knowing that it's happening. And you are learning how to stabilize the energies of those moments and to take command of their effects on the reality you perceive as your life. These are the skills to be garnered now as you come to grips with the ever-shifting scenery before you. Do not expect your life to, quote, return to normal. That is not what you had in mind when you embarked on this odyssey. Quote, normal is a concept that has no frame of reference in the realities for which you are preparing. What can be expected from this point forth is the magical fluidity of every moment and the sense of peace and knowing that your life will never be the same again. And that's it for chapter five. And that one, again, you know, I've read this book and been through it so many times and it's usually often at random. So it's kind of cool to go through this in a sequential way for once because um, I really bounced around a lot in this book. When you start a process of awakening, you become aware of a lot of different things, whether it's the way reality works, the way the world works, whatever it is that you're sort of waking up to and discovering a truth on. You want to share it with the world, especially when it first starts out. You want to drag everybody along with you. You want to shove that red pill in everybody's mouth, making that reference to the Matrix. You want to wake up as many people as possible and you want to scream it from the rooftops. I know at least I have and almost everybody I know who's been along this process does the same. And when you start to wake up spiritually, when you start to wake up in a way where you're starting to gain almost the sense of purpose why we're here, or at least the sense of purpose why you're here. You want to share that with other people because you start to get such moments of clarity. You start to gain value in every moment of now and the lessons that you've gone through in the past, the extremely painful ones. And then also the more of them you go through and the more present you become in each moment, you go through those lessons and it's a shorter amount of time from the time you learned the lesson till the time, or from the time you went through the lesson till the time you learned the lesson. Sometimes it's years. I know some of the biggest changes that I went through, I went through them, it was painful, it was hard, and it took several years to be like, oh, that happened to lead to this that led me to a much better place, and I couldn't have planned it that way. And yes, it was painful, and I don't ever wanna do it again, but the place that it landed me in is a place that I wouldn't trade for anything, so it was all worth it. It's hard when you start going through the process because you want to start having everybody else experience it the way that you did. You want everybody to be on the level that you are. And that's part of my motivation of doing this podcast and some of the subjects that I do is obviously I try to help people save themselves from those painful life lessons and the things that in even my short time, I mean, I just turned 43, I'm still young and inexperienced and wet behind the ears. I try to save some people from the pain that I've gone through and some of the mistakes in my life because I've been through a lot in a very short amount of time. Um, and 
sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes it's not possible. And this is even telling you, you shouldn't try to live other people's lives for them. It's a valiant effort to try to get people to experience things through the knowledge that you're trying to share. But everybody's experience is destined to go in a certain way. They may have patterns of energetic things that have happened to them in this life, previous ones, if you believe in that kind of stuff. But just the things that the traumas and the things and the lessons they've gone through just in this life are things that they have to transmute at some point. They have to realize they went through a certain thing for a certain reason, and you're really not going to be able to tell them what that means. They have to come to grips with that themselves. Yes, maybe you can give them the methods that worked for you to get to your places of realization, but your perspectives and your realizations are going to be completely different from someone else's. This chapter is fantastic because you, like I said, you gain knowledge in how to do things, and you really want to hammer it home with people so they can get to the perspectives in life to live a much more rich and fulfilling version of life once you're able to find it. Um, but just, just know that some people aren't ready to put on those glasses. They're not ready to listen to the message and they just have to experience the things for themselves. Um, but what a great chapter. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, mental health is something that I take very seriously. That's why I've chosen to partner the podcast with BetterHelp. Their licensed therapist can help you identify what areas of your life you're having difficulty with and help you ride the ups and downs of life. I've personally used BetterHelp, and I have to say, for somebody who's experienced with the process of seeing therapists, BetterHelp's resources are beyond amazing. You can choose from their network of over 30,000 licensed professionals to find one that you vibe with. Want a male, female, specific ethnicity, certain religious background, BetterHelp lets you narrow it down that specifically so you can find the perfect therapist for your care and you can easily change therapists at any time, which I have no intention of doing because my therapist, Bruce, is the man. I have amazing conversations with him. I leave our sessions not only feeling like I've taken a weight off my shoulders, but I leave the sessions with objectives to accomplish for the next appointment. You can choose video, audio, or chat sessions that all go right through the app, as well as journal entries that you can send right to your therapist so they know ahead of time what you might want to work on. They offer live webinars on a range of subjects, all of which adds to the toolbox for your mental well-being. Jump on the solution that millions are turning to. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash live this life to get started and get 10% off your first month of therapy. That's betterhelp.com forward slash live this life. So let's dive into chapter six, another short one as well. This one, the title is refining your understanding of the momentum known as ascension, achieving emotional detachment, reintegrating fragment, fragmented aspects of consciousness, the significance of karmic adversary and the fallacy of forgiveness. There are significant changes taking place in the cellular structure of every life form on your planet in the present time period. And there are far reaching ramifications of these changes that enable each and every expression of consciousness to manifest as an accelerated version of one's vibrational fingerprint in a physical form. The core essence of one's being is not altered in the process at hand. Rather, that essence is enhanced, expanded, and allowed to express as a higher octave of the original essence. The process is accomplished in increments, incremental stages that allow for the integration of subtle subtleties of perception into one's field of awareness. At the same time, they allow for the harmonization of one's energies with the diversity of life forms that share the core resonant essence that is identifiable as you. It is within this reintegration process that most, quote, awakened individuals find themselves in the present period. And it is within the confines of physical form that most who struggle with the symptoms of this process find the key to liberation from, their stru from that structure. The very limitations of physical self-definition lay the foundations for self-perception that is free of structure entirely. It is in the embracing of physicality rather than the denial of that reality that the path is cleared for the transcendence of all limitation. The truth you seek is not in your mentalized denial of the state of beingness that your physical senses have shown you to be so. Rather, it's in your perception of the fullness of that state that you're able simultaneously 
to embody the limitlessness of the totality and to perceive that blessed state as that which you are. Thus, a mindset that would have you believe that you are not your body is misguided. You are very much your body. You are very much your thoughts. You are very much your doubts and your fears. You are very much your dreams. You are very much your unfulfilled longings. You are very much your mentalized anticipation of the end to the limitation you would perceive to be your physical identity. And at the same time, you are very much the embodiment of a momentum that is surging toward the completion of a timeless process. That process is the reunification of all that you are, all that you've been, and all that you are yet to be in a simultaneous expression of oneness. The misconception that you will be relinquishing identity and form in your journey toward unification has gained popularity in your culture in recent times. You will be no less you at the culmination of this process than you were at the onset. The difference will be in the expanded perception of all that you really are, not for the substituting of one expression of limitation for another. For were you to perceive yourself as having relinquished the identity you know at present to be you, that very notion would constitute a limitation of the totality of the oneness that considers you to be a very important part. You are not, as a popular notion would have it, a figment of your own imagination. Your reality is not merely a dream, and your world is not simply a crossroads of happenstance where one gets caught and tossed about in the rapidly shifting currents of change. As your individual vibration accelerates in relation to your dimension at large, your reality manifests recognizably as a reflection of your choices. There is no longer the luxury of being able to delude yourself into believing that you are subject to the effects of random occurrences. For as the time lag between the inception of thought and the manifestation of reality diminishes, it becomes obvious to you that you are creating all of it. The realization then draws that one is able to choose what one wishes to experience and the true challenge of physical incarnation have the opportunity to express through you as reality. What do you wish to experience in physical form in this lifetime? What do you wish to leave behind, discarded as access baggage on your journey? Who do you really wish to be in your own eyes? Knowing that Knowing now that all things are possible, you are able to make significant choices. And at the same time, you're able to take full responsibility for the ramification of those choices. One becomes the creator and the creation simultaneously. And one is able to experience the fullness of limitless expression as the embodiment of the harvest of seeds sown. As your journey towards oneness accelerates, your experience as a physical being takes on the breath of perspective and heightened awareness characteristic of the higher dimensions of existence. As you merge and become integrated with higher aspects of your own being, your experience here takes on the coloration of that heightened level of perspective. And even though your reality, as you perceive it to be, will remain as the, quote, here and now, your sense of yourself within this reality expands in scope. In essence, you become, you come to embody your own heightened awareness here and at the same time are present energetically at the next level, adding your own piece to the energetic equation that is the sum totality of all that you are. Likewise, as you integrate fragmented pieces of your own consciousness, those aspects of your beingness are able to take on your heightened perspective. In the simultaneous momentum that drives all aspects of self expressed in all dimensions in which you have presence. All are able to embody the expanded perspective of higher consciousness. And all in unison become part of the momentum that is known as ascension. You are well within the process of ascension now. For ascension is not a quote event, but rather momentum. It is not something that quote happens to an individual at a given moment. And therefore, one's reality is instantaneously different. Ascension is a gradual shift. It is a shift in awareness, a shift in perspective, a shift in vibration, a shift in attunement, and a shift in conscious alignment with who one truly is, so that there is agreement and full participation in the process. 
Ascension is a universal motion, a yearning, a striving, a releasing, a surrendering, a joyous culmination of your journey here in the physical form. It is not something that is done to you. It is a process that is, it is initiated by you, orchestrated by you, and experienced fully as an evolutionary journey by you. In order to make this shift, preparation has to be made by you over the course of much time to bring you to a place where you are able to fully and consciously participate in the culmination of the journey. For many of you, the initial stages of the transformation process are now nearing completion. And those aspects of the work have been quite painful in many cases. Four would have been required as a confrontation within the depths of your conscious awareness of the negative patterns and the stagnant energies that you have carried within your energy field. Repressed emotions, negative inclinations, habitual behaviors, addictions, and victim consciousness have been raised to the surface blatantly so you would be able to scrutinize the evidence of the misguided energy harbored within your physical form. Much work has been done in conjunction with higher aspects of your own consciousness to prepare you for liberation from the self-limiting patterns. Much work remains to be done as the process itself nears fruition. For the subtleties of the advanced stages of this work are not to be underestimated, and the far-reaching consequences of even the most seemingly inconsequential tendencies can have an extraordinary effect on whether or not one is able to move forward from a given experiential theme or whether further, quote, repeat performances are necessary to give blatant definition to the drama you call your life. You will become keenly aware of the threads that are woven, now almost instantaneously, into the tapestry of experience on given themes in your life. You will have spontaneous recall of related occurrences and a sense of understanding that pulls the experiences together into a cohesive document. You'll be able to identify the evolution of the levels of experience within certain categories of your life themes, and you will begin to marvel at the most basic examples of certain kinds of experiences that happen to you, even in childhood. As your life accumulated a track record within certain major categories of experience, the level of sophistication and intensity of the experience involved evolved accordingly. In recent times, you are likely to have witnessed the most poignant examples of the issues on which you've been working all your life and which may continue for some time to come. Ideally, as you near the final stages of the completion of this process, these experiences will not ensnare you into the dramas presented. Rather, it is hoped that you will be able to transcend the, quote, hook built into the experience and deal with the circumstances at hand free of the lifetime of emotional conditioning with which it is charged. To accomplish this level of detachment is no small feat, for the levels of testing being presented in the final stages of your process are complex and filled with potential time bombs preset to detonate should the emotional charge hit home. The opportunity when encountering such experiences is to recognize the theme being presented without allowing the trigger to be activated. One evolves over time into the state of beingness that responds with detachment to all such emotionally charged occurrences. Eventually, that very detachment becomes the catalyst for totally different categories of experience to manifest for you. The emotional charge carried at the cellular level within each of you will by then have been released on each one of those life themes and will not be able to magnetize experiences of a corresponding vibration. Once you transcend the automatic response patterning, the reaction of ego-centered emotion and replace it with an automatic response of indifference to outcome, you shift to a state of being in which you're able to manifest what you would like to experience in your life. As your journey progresses, the role you are inclined to play becomes more the one of the observer than the object of your experience. Your finest teachers are those beings who have played the roles of nemesis throughout your life. The beings with whom you've had the most caustic and severe interactions are those who are painstakingly cast by you for that role. And you will begin to see in retrospect that most have played their parts superbly. You, in turn, have an energetic catalyst for many beings with whom you have had conflict interactions. 
your own self-righteous stance in these instances does not negate the effect of your own participation from the perspective of an adversary in a given drama. Ideally, as your process culminates with an overview, you are able to take responsibility for the parts played from all standpoints of an issue, for rarely does one experience a life theme from one vantage point alone. Chances are you will have played the theme, the life theme from both sides often simultaneously. It can even appear amusing when you begin to recognize the pattern of the theme and see yourself as both the perpetrator and the object of adversity. Some would have you believe that certain interactions and relationships between individuals are karmic. And to the extent that the energy charge built into certain issues does not dissipate when one departs one's physical body at the end of a lifetime, this explanation could be said to be true. What is meant here by the term karmic is that certain agreements are in place between individuals that transcend a given physical incarnation. And those agreements are in place to continue to work on that given theme in a subsequent lifetime. Thus, one would continue to be drawn into dramas with beings who have played these roles for one another for eons and will continue to do so until eventually they are able to transcend their need to do so. The fallacy inherent in the common usage of the term karmic is that there's a certain degree of inevitability built into the relationship and with that a degree of relinquishing of responsibility for one's own role in the interaction. The blessed opportunity built into the relationship, the relationships that are said to be karmic and that are predominantly adversarial is that each person who is cast in lifetimes after lifetime of the same old story is a seasoned actor who knows the role and the lines by heart. The gift in such a relationship is to recognize the God lines in the adversarial role, to recognize the godliness in one's own reaction of diminished vibration, and to allow the love that truly exists for the higher level between those individuals to surface and grow. For each one has been cast in a given role by choice, and each has the opportunity to transcend the drama and learn the lesson by choice. What is being presented then is the chance to forfeit being right on a given issue in favor of recognizing circumstances as the non-issue that they truly are when beings are aligned in oneness. The common adversary becomes the catalyst for change when there is not attachment to outcome on the parts of all concerned and one is able to choose either to engage or simply carry on peacefully with one's own path. One is able to recognize the completion of certain life theme interactions with key individuals when one can, in all honesty, with oneself, recognize a heartfelt wish of well-being for the individual who played perhaps the most injurious, injurious role in one's lifetime. This sentiment goes beyond the traditional concepts of forgiveness. Generally, as commonly understood and applied, forgiveness is a gesture in which a being consciously releases future tethering to an issue by giving lip service to releasing blame for a past action. While in theory this effort appears to be well-directed, in application this is a self-righteous practice that rarely produces the desired result. For the key issue, one's own stance on the issue in question would not have been released in the process. Thus, the negative energy charge would have been retained at the cellular level, magnetizing to the individual a continuing barrage of experiences on the same theme, forgiveness or not. The key to completing these patterns is not to forgive the other party their transgression, which keeps the energy polarized, rather to release in total detachment any care one may still be carrying whatsoever about the outcome of any drama revolving around that issue. The gesture then becomes not one of forgiveness, which revolves around issues of blame or non-blame for a perceived wrongdoing, but rather one of total transcendence of one's attachment to outcome. In this rarefied state, one is able to regard with a full and loving heart an individual playing his role dutifully and to move forward unaffected one way or another. In this way, there is no possible reinforcement of the vibrational charge surrounding the issue in question and less likelihood that one will continue to witness repeat performances of that particular scene. 
The transcendent being does not arrive at the place of sublime indifference overnight. It takes a bit of practice. But as you begin to recognize the patterns in your day-to-day interactions with people, there will appear to be less and less conflict and more and more harmony. In these times of acceleration of all experience, you can anticipate reaching closure on many of your dominant life themes in the times to come. And you can anticipate the drawing of another octave of experience that gradually takes precedence and becomes the dormant next phase in an ongoing journey toward recognition of your oneness with all creation. Now, that's the end of chapter six. And I have to say, that one is probably one of the ones that I've actually read the most because of some of the major conflicts that I've had in my life. Um, I've definitely turned to that one every single time I've had some sort of an issue uh, and I've had some major ones. I've, I've talked about them very briefly on the show and some of them I'm not even able to talk about and some of the agreements that have that have resulted from them. Uh, but I've had some major blowouts and I've uh, I've stood up for what was right in the face of what I perceived as wrong. And in many of those cases, there was a wrongdoer. And it's very, uh, it's very telling when you read books like this and chapters like this one in particular, you see the role that that quote unquote bad guy played in your movie, right? And I was able to see what each one of those bad guys that I faced, you know, there was probably three or four major ones that I faced throughout my adult life. I saw the role that they played and it was very unique to see because it was like basically they were a character in a movie. It was like, you know, in a Rocky movie, you get a different villain in each one of them and uh, each one had their own personality. And and basically they were there to just beat on you and, and let you see how much you could actually take. And it's interesting because, yes, they were all different in themselves. They all had a different conflict they brought to the table. And I was obviously the opposite polarity of that. I was in turn their adversary, though, and this chapter really made me step back and be like, wow, no one actually does something with the intent that they're doing. I mean, some people do. Some people do things with the intent that they're actually doing something wrong. But most people, when they enter conflicts, they're doing something from a standpoint where they believe they're doing right. They believe they're doing something righteous. They don't believe that they're the villain. The villain often never believes that they're actually the villain. They think they're doing something righteous. Even look at Thanos in like the movie, uh, The Avengers, and uh, he thinks he's doing something righteous by wiping out half of all life in the universe. Um, and, you know, your villains in your life, they often likely don't think they're doing something wrong either of course there's extreme cases there's there's other uh, there's always examples of where that doesn't fall into play but some of those people think that they are the good guy and you're the one that's the bad guy and either way you're learning something from each other and this chapter really spelled that out for me and it was really like wow um i'm getting better in moments of future conflict of realizing like okay i'm in one of those moments this is one of those people and I need to basically make them understand that, hey, you're the villain in this. Um, and maybe that's my role or not. But we each have our own individual role to play in those interactions in the energy exchange that's got to be given between the two. And who knows, maybe on the backside of this entire life, it's scripted. Maybe we all get together on the backside and be like, hey, can you be that huge prick that tries to screw me over when I'm a young, uh, you know, a young person? professional getting started in my career and I need you to be that ultimate bad guy then I've got to stand up against that that strong type cast person that never in a million years would I try to pick a fight with and try and win over and I need you to be the one who bullies me to the point where I fight back and then I gain the confidence from that point forward because I beat you to stand up against the other bullies and then going on throughout life you're never afraid to stand up to that bully you got the uh you got the butterflies, you got the anticipation of the fight, but you know that you've done it before and you can do it again. And, you know, I, I recognize that and I've read through this chapter to see if there's any bits and pieces I've missed on how to deal with those kind of people a little bit more. Um, but ultimately, they're a dance partner on your your dance list that you cannot avoid. It's sometimes it's their turn for them to pop up and you got to finish the dance. So, um yeah, it was an interesting one, and it's one that was definitely food for thought and one of the, another many reasons why I love this book. So um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this one. I promise you I will be reading these much more often. We're moving to a format where we're going to be able to get 
at least an episode out per week with the aim of two. And we're going to try and offset every interview episode with an episode of oneness because we're only on chapter six and this book is extremely long. So we're never going to get through it if we are doing these every few months. So we're going to be picking up the pace on everything that's got to go on with the podcast. I'm super excited about it. Finally hitting things with my feet underneath me and, uh, you know, hitting the ground running and everything. So it's an exciting time. And I am very grateful to have all of you on for the ride. Everybody who have had your support and had us in, you know, all of the success, the thousands of listeners, the hundreds of countries now. Um, and where this this very unexpected journey has brought me. So um, you're all dance partners on that ride, not in an adversarial way, but you are all dance partners as am I with you. So it's been a pleasure to dance this dance on this one. And stay tuned for future episodes of Oneness. Don't forget about that contest I mentioned in the beginning of the episode. Um, mention us in social media, tag the podcast, tag Live This Life Podcast on Instagram. You can find it on TikTok and on Facebook. But tag the podcast with anything from previous postings, reels, um, whatever it is. Tag us. I will mark your name down and we'll do a drawing in the very beginning of November for your free copy of Oneness that you have to pay the shipping on. But the book will be yours for free. And if you're close by, I will hand deliver it to you. But either way, um, we'll give you some extra stuff along with the book. So it'll make it worth your while. But thank you for tuning in for this one. And we will see you next time. Take care. And if you are an expert on inspiration, have amazing revelations about our reality, or have a story to tell about how you manifested your best life, we want to hear from you. You can reach out to us at connect at livethislife.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. Or you can schedule a time to talk with me directly about an episode concept through the show's Calendly page at calendly.com forward slash livethislife. And be sure to follow along on all the socials and give this video a like, a comment, or a review. And please feel free to forward this show to those who you think would resonate with its message. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.